the name of the earth. Greeting, Earthlings. We have now taken over your radio. Hi, what's up, everybody? Jack Maloney here. It's my guy, Zachary Bennett, as always. Friendly Bounces WNBA podcast. That was our boy DJ Las Latino on the intro music. Uh, these are some special podcasts. We're starting our playoff previews today. Um, we're recording Sunday night. They'll drop sometime during the week. Um, today was the final day of the regular season. Playoffs start on Thursday, so we're going to get into get into all these series. Zach, uh, how's it going tonight? It's good. I'm, I'm admittedly in playoff mode. I took the day off from sports today, so I did not see uh, not only any WNBA action, but I did not see any football either. It was great. Yeah, I, I did not watch any WNBA either. Um, watched a little Eurobasket, little NFL, little U.S. Open tennis. You were up a little early this morning, weren't you? Yeah, up at 5 a.m. for Hizonia in Croatia against Czech Republic. Stunning, um, and a, stun, a stunning upset, I hear. Yes. Uh, not so much that they that Croatia lost, but like the Czech Republic completely ran them out of the gym. It was destruction. But, um, yeah, that's enough Eurobasket talk, since this is a WNBA podcast. So we're going to jump into Phoenix against Tulsa. Phoenix is the two seed. Tulsa is the three seed. So how this is going to go, we're each going to give a little background info. Um, Zach has the Mercury, I have the Shock. We'll each get a, give a little background info, go over some key stats. Um, then we'll we'll go over the key players, key matchups, just sort of talk about the series. Um, and then finally, our little prediction, see what we think is going to happen. So Zach's going to start off with the Mercury, uh, who took the two seed in the Western Conference. I think we should begin by saying that these teams played tonight as we um, are recording on Sunday night, but Tulsa defeated Phoenix at home 91-87. to They scored 31 fourth-quarter points to come back and defeat Phoenix. As I mentioned, took the evening off from sports, so I did not watch it. But, yeah, I mean, um, no Griner, no Dewana Bonner, no Candace Dupree, no Karima Christmas, no Raquana Williams. Odyssey Sims only played 13 minutes, so it is really a meaningless, meaningless game. I'm glad you were here to clear that up for me, Jack. That's what <laughs> the type of thing, the type of thing that makes you great. Um, but no, Phoenix. It's going to be, you know, at this point, right now, you forget that they won the WNBA title last year, right. and it's almost, almost because this team didn't really win the WNBA title last year. Um, Diana Rossi is not with this team anymore. So it, we've talked on previous podcasts about how that element isn't talked about enough. Well, now in a three-game series to open the playoffs against a Tulsa team that has struggled during the season but is plenty capable of winning two out of three games in, in a series is you know really going to show who they are. It's... Uh, I think it's going to be up to Dewana Bonner to continue getting to the free throw line. Uh, she's she finished with the third most uh, free throw attempts 
during the regular season. Um, she's got to be a lot more involved, uh, not so much off the ball, but on the ball as well. Griner needs to score more and do more offensively, I think, although she leads the league in field goal percentage. I don't think that she's an all-around com- complete offensive player. We did almost tear her offensive game <laughs> apart to shreds on the WNBA uh, MVP podcast at one time, but I don't think it was as bad as we said it was then. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's an intriguing series because Tulsa is probably the more fascinating team, Jack. And yeah. you know, you're you're prepared to share more details of them. But one thing that fascinates me, and I'm going to steal your thunder a bit, is they take more free throws than anybody else by a wide margin. Yeah. Almost, it's like almost by 50 or 60, if my math is correct, which it's usually not, but. Um, <laughs> It's, it's going to be an interesting series. What is, uh, yeah, tell me about Tulsa. All right, so the Shock have pretty much been a disaster the entire time they've been in Tulsa. And as a result of that, this is their last season. Um, they went 41-129 and 129 while they were here. This year, though, you know, they turned things around. So they were 8-1. and one. Um, to start the season, they were leading the league in attendance, and then in the span of a few weeks, Skylar Diggins tore ACL out for the year, and they announced they were moving the team to Dallas. Um, since that point, they, after that point, they pretty much fell apart. They lost ten in a row, um, almost dropped out of the playoff picture, but they had started off so well that they that they were still holding on, and then all of a sudden, pretty much out of nowhere, I mean. They just started rattling off wins. They beat the Liberty, then they beat the Mercury, went on a six-game win streak, and won eight out, eight out of ten to close the season. To finish 18-16, and 16, it's their most wins uh, since they moved to Tulsa. Their first playoff appearance since they moved to Tulsa. First playoff appearance since 2009. Um, and it's, it's really been pretty incredible how they've turned their season around um, without Diggins. Their offensive rating... So points per 100 possessions is 100.63, uh, second best in the league, one of only two teams over 100. Uh, the other is Chicago. Um, they score like crazy, and they don't defend very well. They're eighth in the league, um, but they're going to beat you by, by outscoring you. Um, and so I know Phoenix, I don't know off the top of my head what their defensive numbers are, but they're, they're up there in the top five. Uh, defensively, so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, Tulsa scores like crazy, but in the playoffs when the defensive intensity ramps up, are they going to be able to do that again against a pretty good defensive um, team in Phoenix with Griner anchoring the paint? Yeah, it's a, it's a, you ask a fair question. I think Tulsa is second, finished second in the league in total three pointers attempted, so it's. There's the live by the three, die by the three cliche. Right. Although the two members of their backcourt um, shoot the three ball pretty damn well, if you ask me. It, and that's a scary thought. But you give the edge to Phoenix, I think, defensively you have to because of Brittany Griner. Um, we've shared this stat before, but it's always fun to share again. Uh, she's had four 
four games is five blocks, three games is six blocks, three games is seven blocks, one game is nine blocks. <laughs> just it's it's incredible what she's able to do at the the defensive end. But like I said, everybody on that team, Candace Dupree, Duana Bonner, you know, they all need to pick up uh, the scoring load with now that Tarasi's gone and you know, now that things are gonna slow down. Uh, and you know, the ruggedness of the playoffs it's, it's almost cliche but it's not, but it it really will be interesting to see how they execute in late game situations without Diana Tarasi because I watched her do it in the playoffs last year. Right. And you know, enough good things about how good that player is cannot be said, but Phoenix has to do it without her now. And I've, I've said it before, they don't have anybody on their team with a plus, a plus minus of, of over five, and they're the only team in the <laughs> league like that. You know, they're a pretty balanced, pretty balanced team, but, you know, can, you, can everybody contribute in the playoffs? At that level, I don't know. Yeah, and it's, you know, you mentioned late game. I think they obviously are going to have to run through Dewana Bonner, who's who's hit some some big shots late in games. Uh, she actually hit a buzzer beater in overtime to beat the the um, shock during the shock's ten game losing streak. Um, she's having a tremendous season. Uh, made it to the All Star game in the top ten in scoring. Um, you know, and she's. She really is going to have to step up offensively, as she's done. I mean, she's done it all season, but she's going to have to continue it um, throughout the playoffs. I think, you know, with with Phoenix having Griner down low, controlling the paint, it's going to be interesting to see how Tulsa reacts to that, in that Tulsa is second in the league in second-chance points. Um, they score 13, over 13 second chance points per game thanks in large part to Courtney Paris who is the best best rebounder in the, in the league um, she leads the league 9.5 rebounds per game twice this year she's had 19 rebounds which is ridiculous uh, she has the best offensive defensive and total rebound percentage uh, she's the best offensive rebounder in the game um, not very tall but wide she just carves up space and she just rebounds like crazy, which on a team that has guards who like to gun is big for Tulsa because she just eats up those those offensive rebounds and gets them easy baskets or kick-out opportunities um, for their guards. And it's going to be interesting to see if Griner can, can neutralize her down low because if Griner can keep her off the boards, that's going to be a really big blow to Tulsa's offense. Yeah, what's awesome, and, and for context, she went to the, the University of Oklahoma, correct? Yes. That may be where people remember her from. I know that's where I remember her from when I saw her earlier in the season. Um, what's interesting, too, is she can actually space the floor. I've seen her hit a three. Um, so if she could bring Brittany Griner out to the three-point line, that's a huge advantage because that's how you beat Phoenix, by taking away... Uh, Taking Griner away from the basket. Um, I got distracted from my the point that I did want to make. Oh yeah, Tulsa is second in the league in offensive rebound percentage. To your point, so yeah, that's a huge key. Um, but 
I was looking at the you know the league leaders today, and it's as crazy as it sounds. Brittany Griner isn't even in the top five in defensive rebounds. So, and what's I, what's with that? <laughs> Theoretically, she, she should be she should be a better rebounder than that. Right. But because I think teams take her away from the basket so much, you know that that could be by design. Uh, obviously, enough good things cannot be said about. You know, she's probably sacrificing some defensive rebound opportunities when she goes to block shots. Right. Yeah. It would be interesting to study how many, you know, how many rebounds she could have if she was a more effective shot blocker rather than just doing it all the time. Who knows how many right. she misses that. That would actually be curious. I'm curious to know that now. Yeah, uh, she... I wonder if that information could, could be out there. Or even for NBA players, for that matter. Right. Um, I mean, she but, she blocked 105 shots, which means that's 105, basically, rebounds. Because uh, I believe that the whoever then on her team or the other team gets the ball is then credited with a rebound. Um, so that's a lot of rebound possibilities that she doesn't get. And like you said, the one she misses, if she goes over to block a shot, and doesn't get the block, she's pretty much not getting the rebound. Um, but still, she, I mean, she still averages eight a game, so she's not terrible. It's just you'd, you'd kind of think that she'd, her numbers would be higher, just given how dominant she is down low. But, but yeah. Yeah, yeah that was, I sort of just thought that out, too, as I was looking at the as you could tell. But it brought up an interesting question, I thought, so I just kept going with it. Yeah. Um, in a way, I mean, the pace numbers don't reflect it. Like, they, Phoenix and Tulsa both, they average somewhere around 74, 74, 76 possessions or something like that a game. But, you know, when I think about them playing, it, they're more, they seem to be contrasting styles in that, like you mentioned earlier, Tulsa likes to, to gun, they shoot a lot of threes, and, and they have really quick, penetrating guards who yep. are really really good at drawing fouls and can get to the free throw line. Yes. If we're going to stick with our bad comparison theme on this podcast, you could say, I don't want to say the Rockets. Give me the Mavs. I'll go the Mavs. I don't know why. <laughs> um, they kind of remind me of Odyssey Sims. He's referencing Odyssey Sims and Raquana Williams. And they remind me of um, Monta and Steph back when they were together in Oakland. That's fair. With the Warriors. But yeah, like like Zach was saying, Odyssey Sims and Raquana Williams are their problem offensively. Um, Odyssey Sims missed a bunch of time early in the year, so she doesn't qualify for league leaders, but she would be fifth in the league in scoring, and Raquana Williams is sixth. Um, Raquana Williams is put up 35 points twice this year, which is two of like the f- five highest scoring games. And only Maya Moore and Ivory Latta from Washington have shot more threes. And so <laughs> Raquana Williams is going to get, she's going to get her clips up. Odyssey Sims gets, to, she really likes to penetrate into the lane. Uh, Sims is struggling this year from three. She's only shooting 20%, but she's very capable. She shot 35% last year. Um, so it's sort of a dip, but She's definitely capable of knocking down threes, and they really run the show. Obviously, in uh, in Tulsa, everything goes as they go. 
if they're if they're getting into the paint and causing getting the other team into foul trouble, getting easy buckets, getting easy kickouts, you know that that's how they go. If they're if they're struggling, Tulsa's going to struggle. They don't have a lot of other creators on offense. Their other other team is the rest of their team is pretty much spot up shooters and um, you know Courtney Paris doesn't really do a whole lot offensively. But yeah, it's it's Odyssey Sims and Raquana Williams show in Tulsa. Between the two of them, Jack, they have eight games where at least one of those players attempted double-digit free throws in a game. Yeah. Which is, you can't say that about another tandem of teammates in the WNBA. Right. It's from my. It's you can it's it's it sounds bad, but it's not. But you can't really tell them apart. They're both <laughs> really good. I mean, they're both really good. Odyssey Sims doing, is left-handed, so that's well, how you can I tell. Mean, when when one is open on a perimeter and <laughs> and shooting, you feel the same way about the shot that goes up. That's fair. Yeah. Well, who who do who do you pick to win in this series? I put you on the spot. I don't even care. You know, we kind of just talked up Tulsa, but I think Phoenix is. Is going to win it. Everybody loves an underdog, I think. Um, I think with the home court advantage, you know, it's only a three-game series, so they get the two, the two games at home is huge, and I think, I I can definitely see this game, this going three, and and Phoenix taking it in that third game, but I think it's it's going to be a fun series. Um, I just I think Phoenix gets it done. I uh, yeah I don't disagree. I guess it'll be I think yeah they, I think Phoenix can play defense without fouling, and I think that'll eliminate a lot of the uh, you know Ricardo Williams and Odyssey Sims going to the free throw line, and then I think with Brittany Griner back there too, you can afford to chase those two off the three point line with a little added pressure, knowing that you have the rim protection behind you. So I. Yeah, I, yeah. I think Phoenix. I don't even think it goes three games. I think it goes two games. Um, yeah, and I just um, we didn't really talk about you know we kind of talked down about Griner's offensive game. We we kind of we're kind of harsh on her, and I mean she's a pretty talented. She's a pretty talented offensive player. Um, it's just she could be better, but this Tulsa has no one to deal with her inside. Um, and I think if they really pound the ball into into Griner down low and are committed to getting, if they're committed to getting her touches, it's going to be a long series for Tulsa. I I still think it goes three, but I think Phoenix gets it done. Griner will will prove too much, um, as she does often. Well, yeah, we we agree. Look at that. <laughs> Um, you got any other what? final final thoughts about this series? No. Um, yeah, I think yeah, no, I I think I explained my the the keys yeah. to, to beating Tulsa and I think uh, Phoenix has them and I think Phoenix wins in two. Book it. <laughs> Alright, well there you have it. I you know, you're not really supposed to supposed to cheer, I guess, once you're you know, but I, part of me hopes that that Tulsa, 
that Tulsa can take this series, their last one in Tulsa, sort of go out on a strong note. Um, I think you're allowed to cheer. <laughs> you can you can do that. Yeah, uh, there it is. I'm I'm rooting for Tulsa. Go shock. That's a gr- that's a yeah. Go shock. <laughs> shock the world. <laughs> Nailed it. All right, there we go. We're both picking Phoenix uh, to take down the Shock. Should be a fun series either way. Um, Going to be a lot of talent on the court. Uh, starts, oh, we didn't even mention this, but it starts on it starts on Thursday um, at Phoenix, 10 o'clock Eastern, ESPN2. You have no excuses not to watch. It's on national TV. Here's DJ Las Latino. We're out. I claim this planet in the name of the Earth. Greeting, Earthlings. We have now taken over your radio.